thanks for joining us at Soul Career. I'm Lissandra Ricas, and today I'm chatting with Tamaisha Idol. Tamaisha currently works at the United Nations, but she wants to find a career that allows her to be more of her exuberant, outgoing, kind of crazy self. So she's here to talk to us today a little bit about her journey towards that career that matches who she really is. Great to have you here, Tamaisha. Hi, everybody, and thanks for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> so you graduated from University in Canada, and you didn't know what you were going to do next. So what did you do to try to figure that out? I'm a hustler. I'm a hustler. <laughs> I, I've taught myself graphic design, web page design. I, 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 I'm a natural communicator, so I've taught myself all the different various ways, to, tools for communication. And then I used my networks. So I was broke as a student is after graduation. Yep. And I had a right to pay. And so I, with my diaspora connection, my first job out of university, I was luckily working on campus first. So then that finished. So I, I worked at the Victoria Mutual Building Society okay. in finance. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing working in finance, Tamarisha? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. But it was through the, the network I had in the Jamaican community who said, you know, we have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. I was a, uh, an account manager, so I opened accounts, gave mortgages. But the beauty of that was it was a three-person office in the diaspora, working with a largely immigrant population. So these people had moved to, to Canada from the 70s or the 80s, but they still maintained this connection. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful to see what it meant for them to maintain a connection and what home meant to them. And this is people who, you know, they were, they were crossing guards, but they had saved up enough money for a house in Jamaica. So I loved that beautiful experience. But then work environment wise, it was a three person office and I thrive off of people. So that was a bit stifling for me. Ah, interesting. Because I love small offices. So interesting that you needed more people in the office to feel happy. Oh, yes. No, I definitely. It was three, three females only. And it was... Uh, and different ages too. So I needed to thrive a bit on more people. So I applied in the newspapers for lots of, over 200 job applications that year. No, over no. Over 200 job applications. And were they all based in Canada or were they based elsewhere? All based in Toronto. Um, a few outside of the Toronto area just for diversity. But 200, how do you apply to 200 jobs? I have a Google Drive folder that I've had for many, many years, and I have every application saved differently. Oh my God. And when you desperate and unemployed for several months, you're like, every application I'm gonna send in. Oh mm. my gosh! And it was, um, it was a pretty sad time. It was, a, it was rough. It was rough. But uh, you know, I, when I got this first opportunity, I said, all right, I'll take whatever I get at this point. Um, you know, I came out to the top of my university thinking. Everybody's going to employ me, but then I face the reality of being an immigrant and having a name like mine, which is not a quintessential uh, mm -hmm. Anglo-Saxon, Anglophone name. Um, and so I, I did realize that it was, it was an issue. I've actually had people tell me, why did you apply for this job? And I said, actually, I did. And they realized, you know, there, there's certain systematic structures that mm -hmm. didn't allow me to, to flourish. So out of the 200 that you applied for, how many did you hear back from roughly? One. Oh my God. Yep. Wow. And what year was this in Toronto? 2011. Wow. So right coming out of the recession and so on. Post-recession, the immigration policies were only now changing to open it for internationals a bit. 
my I have citizenship fortunately but it was now in process so I was, I was still a student on a work permit waiting for my citizenship to come in so you know there was that insecurity as well mm. it was it was a very you know they tell you go you know the graduation speeches go be dream no it was it was go be sad and cold in an apartment Wow. Okay. So who did you, who was the one job that you heard back from after 200 applications? So it was the Ontario Council for Agencies Serving Immigrants as an executive, as the administrative assistant to the executive director. Okay. So it was, and I think I got the application through because I had a friend who worked there, but we, we, we never actually spoke about it, but it was definitely the first time, and it's the first time I remember writing a cover letter, and I was like, let me throw caution to the wind and just write about me. It was the <laughs> first time I did that. And I, it took me four months to hear back from them. Mm, wow. So, yeah, it was, it was quite nerve-wracking. And, uh, and then I interviewed, and I didn't hear back from them for two other months. So, you know, eh. and, and by that time, I actually quit the Victoria Mutual job because the work environment was too much. I couldn't handle it anymore. And yeah, and then as soon as I sent my letter, Christmas break happened. Then in January, I got the call and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. About this, the, my final interview is with the executive director who I would work directly with. And she said, you're overqualified for this position. Mm. And I said, yes, but the one thing I learned graduating university was that I had to humble myself. I realized I do have to start from the bottom. And yeah did that for three years okay so let's just kind of summarize what journey you were on to date so you wanted to be on the stage when you were very young and you went to india to a school there that really inspired you to give back and do mission-driven work and you went to school in canada college in canada studying international relations found did apply to 200 jobs and heard back from one and loved it, but hit a ceiling and decided to move back to the Caribbean. So, okay, so what was your guiding vision of who you were supposed to be throughout this process? And what really guided you back to the Caribbean? What vision did you have in your head of who you wanted to be? I, I never actually had a vision of who I wanted to be because I always said I didn't want to set expectations for myself and not live up to them. And I knew I would, I, I, I always knew I would always be okay, but I knew I had more in me than just being okay. I know I can be great. I just don't know what I can be great at. Mm. My kryptonite for me had been, I didn't have a subject area of speciality. I didn't have one thing that was my thing. So I struggled consistently to find like what job. That's why there were 200 jobs because I could do most things. Mm. So it was really, I, I knew it was time for me to, I uh, walk the talk. I spoke out at the diaspora a lot I, about Caribbean development. I knew it was time. I was young enough. I had no real responsibilities. And I could take that leap. So that was one thing. It was also too cold in Canada. That was the second. <laughs> That's a really important thing for Caribbean people. Oh, very much so. And then the third thing was I knew it was, it was time to, to find a focus and find a, find a network in the Caribbean that, that I would, was comfortable in. So what was your first job when you moved back to Jamaica? My first job when I moved back to Jamaica was actually a job out of Trinidad, shockingly, mm -hmm. in the Caribbean Corporate Governance Institute. Okay. Corporate governance. It was, it was through a network of mine again. who said to myself, what you're doing? Are you, you have a job? I said, no, I'm broke. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, we have this Corporate Governance Institute. We're trying to um, 
uh, spread this charity director's training, and we need somebody on board. It's a small team. We're based in Trinidad, but we're trying to expand to Barbados and Jamaica. And I said, okay, let's do it. They were, and I, I was came on as communications and just helped boost the organization. It's a nonprofit there. So and how I felt, long did you do that for? That was a year and a half-ish. Okay. So the thread here is clearly nonprofits, uh, governmental even, or quasi-governmental, multilateral, um, not private sector, not taking a job in a business. It's more philanthropic. So why, why weren't you interested in the private sector at this time? Uh, I don't like structure. I really, I find structure very trapping. I think that it has a purpose, but you know, more of a guideline than a rule. So I was never attracted to it. I was attracted to foundations out of the corporate world, yeah. for sure. But I felt the freedom and uh, I've never been a profit driven person, but as you said, more mission driven. So I never reconciled the needing towards corporate to make money. It just, I don't think I would have comfortably felt there, sat there. Well, that's really interesting because I find that the quasi-governmental agencies are quite structured. So, <laughs> and, you know, some businesses, the more startup kind of businesses or SMEs are less structured. So it's interesting that you had that mindset that business was structured and mission nonprofit was not structured, but you ended up in places that were very structured. How did that happen to you? <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know what it, what it was. I don't know how, it, I, I think it's because I'm such a chameleon in what I can do. I was like, okay, I will adapt. Mm -hmm. I will make this work for me and I will make it work within the structure. And then I said, you know, maybe I'm an entrepreneur. Maybe that's what I am. I'm supposed to go and shake it up, make things different inside the box. And I, and somehow that took me to the United Nations. Yes. Yeah, so tell me that story. That's, How did you end up at the United Nations in Barbados? So Barbados is, um, the United Nations has a lot of agencies based out of Barbados because they have the Barbados and OECS region. I decided to actually finish a master's in Barbados in regional integration. So I got very grounded in CARICOM relations, in the regional groupings, the African Union, the Asian, uh, the Asian, Asia Pacific region. I'm very interested in what that looked like and how that played into international affairs. Mm -hmm. and, and what it meant to be a Caribbean citizen was relived again. And then I actually, my first job in Barbados was on an EU funded project in agriculture. With Wait, before you tell us about that, what brought you to Barbados? It wasn't work that brought you to Barbados, was it? Uh, I mean, it was, let's, on immigration, according to immigration, I came for school. However, I happen to have other allegiances in Barbados. My fiance, he's from Barbados and he lives here. So I, he promised me he'll take me to the beach twice a week. So I said, <laughs> okay, I'll come. So I moved for that. And it was really funny because I found an internship application from 2009 to the UN in Barbados. Oh. And so I guess the universe aligned me to end up here. You manifested so, it. I did. And, and it's a and lovely I, human. I wanted to touch on that because for women, a lot of the decisions that we make on where we live and that impact our career so significantly end up being about the significant guy in our life, right? And we will move for the guy and we will change up our careers for the guy. And you did that. And you ended up at the United Nations in Barbados. So tell us how you got involved with them there. Uh, how it was a newspaper ad, to be fair. Mm -hmm. I applied out the newspaper, you know, the first time it actually worked. 
And I was working in the agricultural space on an EU project before for six months in sanitary and phytosanitary measures. So really, I've had no trajectory in careers, as you can see. <laughs> and then it was a newspaper ad, and they liked me in the interview. And boom, three years later, here I am. Two, three okay. years later, my third contract now. So yeah. So, so you tend to do things in three years spurts. Yeah. So when did you, when did you realize that something was off in your career? Three months in. That was really coincidental. Maybe three is <laughs> my lucky number. I should go play some lotto. Um, so it was, it was about three months in after you've gone through the, the, the norming, forming, storming, performing stage, getting used to this place. And I was like, something's off. Something is off about it. And my position isn't a forward-facing position. And I realized how handicapped I, how I felt like handicapped by that. Uh, but the beauty of my position was I was able to travel across the region. So I go to the, I cover six, seven countries, the entire OECS. So that's Antigua, Barbados, I mean, Antigua, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Grenada, Dominica, uh, uh, Dominica, I lost track of the country, St. Kitts, those are my countries, and, and Barbados also. So it was really interesting. To, I've seen the Caribbean in the most remote places people have never seen. I've been on landfills, I've been in the, in the oceans, I've been on the mountaintops in some very remote places, and it's, it's a beautiful region. And that was like, yes. But once I'd seen it, I'd done the traveling, I just ended up being very administrative in what I was doing. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, opportunities-wise within the organization, there was not much room for movement mm. in the organization. I also had some interpersonal challenges, which really marred my experience. Uh, however, you know, I assume that's just part, that is also part of the teething pain anywhere you go. But I realized... Office, I, office politics everywhere. So. Office politics everywhere. So, you know, it just, the, the wizard behind the curtains of the UN was not what I expected. And, and that was okay. However, I knew I would go to work every day and I would feel like reheated death. Do you understand what that feels like? It was just, I was drained. I'd come home miserable. Mm. Not because I wasn't doing good work and the work wasn't being done well. The uh, programs were doing great work. I just felt that I wasn't being utilized and maximized my potential. But I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what was next. So, so what brought you to Soul Career? Yes, what made you decide oh. to sign up for Soul Career? So, uh... Um, I've been always, I'm the constant Googler of 10 reasons to know that you hate your job, you know, <laughs> best career opportunities. And I do all these BuzzFeed quizzes, et cetera, et cetera. So I, clearly there was something going on and I wasn't happy. I was in the nice job, decentish salary, traveling, you know, I ticked all my boxes, but I was just not happy. Mm -hmm. So I started talking to you a bit about, you know, do you have any advice for people who are aren't entrepreneurs because I know I'm not an entrepreneur that, uh, that's just not my space but I, I know I want to do something I want something different but I don't necessarily need to be outside of an organization I need to be in a space that fosters something but I don't know how to get there and then and you I mentioned wanted to pause there and say there's a lot of people that feel that way because um, now everybody's talking about follow your passion start your own business but the security of a job can't be discounted. You can learn so much. You have a lot of people around you, so it's not as lonely as being an entrepreneur. You have a steady income. You can learn from mentors. There's a lot of positives to keeping a job, as long as it's a job that you enjoy and that gives you joy every day rather than making you feel miserable the way you felt in your current job. So continue. That is exactly it. And I do thrive off of people and positive energy. 
Um, so I, I, I knew it wasn't, I need, I need a people oriented job, but I need a bit more freedom. I need freedom. I feel, I felt like a caged bird. So I'm able to flap my wings, but then, you know, they're only so far I can flap it. So when you said, so career was coming out, I, I was like, hmm, let's see, you know, career coaches to me, I've always been, I've been very skeptical about current coaches who are like you need to vision board every day and you to do these tests and this is where you go and you'll be amazing I was like no that's not for me so I kind of tracked your what your post on Instagram and social media and it read some of your your when your website came out I read all your posts and I said you know what I like her energy something about her I feel like I connect with at a, at a base core level more so than I want a stranger or a person who I feel will give me the same advice I've heard before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you call me stubborn, but I feel like I've heard it. You're great. It'll be okay. You'll find it. Just stick, you know, pay your dues, pay your dues, pay your dues is what I heard. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've been paying a lot of dues. My peggy bank is empty. <laughs> and so the rhetoric that you were speaking didn't have, wasn't totally surrounded around, you know, you're also a young woman who's, who's found a, a space for her. So I was like, I think she'll get it. I think she'll get it. Mm-hmm. And in our brief conversations, you're always open to responding to me. I didn't feel uncomfortable talking to you. And then when you said so career, I was like, you know what? Why not? <laughs> I chose 2019 as a year to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, rather than other people. So I was like, no, this is it. I'll do it. Whatever happens, happens. Okay. So what were some of the biggest aha moments or lessons or takeaways that you had over the six weeks of the course? The biggest one is that I did not find a career. Came in thinking I would find a career, and that's where I would have gone. You know, these are these are the opportunities you should seek out. This is what you're going to do. Instead, it was a reawakening of who I was as a person. So I'm going to be cheesy, but I did find my soul. My soul had been dull, it had been a bit dampened, but I was able to reignite a flame and a passion inside me. For the first time in over a year, I'm like, awake in the middle of the night writing Google documents or having great conversations or, or my ideas are just spinning constantly in my head and I haven't, my partner can attest to this, he hasn't seen me like this in a while. And so he's jumped on board too. And that was my second aha moment that it wasn't a solo journey for me, it was for both of us because he needs to see me happy. And for him to see me happy, he had to come along the journey with me. So he wasn't part of the course, but the lovely meditations we did together, we did some back and forth feedback sessions on answering some of the questions because he's seen me at my best or almost at my best. And so I want to know what he's seen missing in the last few places. So that was a second aha moment. And the third was there are a lot of people who, who have the same challenges. Who it's, it's not about entrepreneurship and finding your passion and, you know, because passion doesn't pay all the time. Mm-hmm. And other people who get that and it's a reality. And as a female, you do have a lot of responsibilities family-wise. I mean, I have no kids, but I have a, a larger family of parents and grandparents and a brother. And I do, I am a support system for all of them across the board. So I do um, know that stability for me is very important. But what I learned at Soul Career is stability doesn't have to look a particular way. Yeah. It does not have to be a nine to five for me. It doesn't have to be a nine to five. And it doesn't have to be more than a one to two year contract since I only have a three year attention span. Uh, <laughs> So, so those are three really big, big things for me. Wow. The big one that really just hit me is you came in expecting to find a career and you found yourself. Oh, my God. 
I love that so much. Okay, I'm like smiling from ear to ear. Okay, you have a success story coming out of Soul Career. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So during the Soul Career process, I kind of threw myself into it because I knew I was unhappy and I knew I needed to do something about it. So I did all of the exercises, which included, you know, just redo your CV, redo your cover letter and send it out just to get practice. So I did that. And it turned, I that turned into an interview, which I went to just for practice, <laughs> which turned into a job offer um, and a very interesting job offer where I get the opportunity to go and be a face of an organization, of a nonprofit organization, which is a new organization they're starting for environmental programming here in Barbados. Yay. So in a few months, I'll be able to come on board as a lovely executive director of the foundation, <laughs> which is kind of aligning all my different spaces. It will be a work from home remote job as well. So I won't be subjected to a nine to five office structure, but I, will, I also have a team of global um, counterparts. That will be amazing as well. But I'm also, so happy for you. <laughs> yes. But also I get to have the freedom to go to different events and be a part of the society here in Barbados so people can know me, which I'm really excited for. And then what I learned from that was that um, one of the, the people I've been working with at the larger level looked at me and said, you know, you have a lot of potential and I want to invest in your potential. So she said, she said, I believe we can do some other things together and I can't wait for us to find out where we can use, find synergies because I think you have a lot to give and I want to help you be able to give that. So where that will go, I don't know, but in, I'm in my exit strategy phase and I'm very excited for it because I feel it's, it's a rebirth, like the phoenix is rising from the ashes, but it's not real ashes. Um, uh, but it, was, it wasn't a, a, a sad, sad place I was in. I was just in a, I, I felt really confined and I, I'm looking forward to some freedom because everybody I work with knows they're like, you're hilarious, you're so great, you have such great energy. I'm, and I'm always like, yes, but just let me be great. And I, I'm really excited to actually and nervous to be given an opportunity to really exercise all my skill sets and really grow a bit more because I, I think I've stagnated once again. And I think these new opportunities that will present themselves will give me that opportunity to push myself beyond my boundaries because I've gotten very complacent. So apart from redoing your resume and cover letter, there was something that you complained about throughout the whole six weeks of the course, which I think also helped in manifesting these new opportunities as well as in this new confidence in your abilities and your value that you bring to the table. So what was that thing that you pushed back against so much that ended up being really helpful for you? <laughs> Listen, there were these meditations that you had to do. And I don't like, I fall asleep very easily. So these meditations, I was like, I'm not about it. And, but I said, you know what? I, I invested, I decided this is what I'm gonna do. So I'm gonna try it. Better to what's worth better than a trial, you know, whatever. It's not going to kill me. So I did the meditation, and then all these things just started happening. People started reaching out to me. I get these interview calls. I was like, maybe these meditations are working. I don't know. Uh, and so I complained every every week for all six weeks. But I did all the meditations, and there's a 10-minute version, a 20-minute version, and I even did 20 whole minutes. Um, and, and something shifted, something changed. One, it did help me to sleep better a bit because I was able to process some of my energy out through it. And two, I, my partner and I actually did some of the meditations and his life is taking a different turn and I'm very excited for both of us to, re, to, to get out of our comfort zone. 
I think it helps us to internalize some things that we've both been struggling with and we're, we're ready to, to jump and do something different. And I'm very excited for it. So if you're going to do the course, do the meditations. <laughs> I, even if you don't believe it, it won't hurt you. Just do the meditations. They're guided meditations that have binaural beats behind them that kind of lull you into this meditative state so that the messages can penetrate and start shifting your energy from the inside out. So I'm a big fan of them. And the other thing I wanted you to talk to us a little bit more, a little bit more about is that when you went to this company and you interviewed with them, they gave you an offer that you rejected. So tell us a little bit about that. That was so empowering and nerve wracking and all at the same time. So over the years, what I've realized, I, you know, you hear the pay your dues things. And I know I've worked really hard to be where I am. I've done, I've been the coffee girl. I've been the printer girl. I've been the stapler girl. I, but now I am the businesswoman. I am the leader leader. These are the things I am now. And so I knew, I know my worth and my value and I know what I, the opportunities I could get beyond it. So I said, you know what? I know how much, I know how to quantify myself now. And I know my minimum quantification. Also just for general survival, you know that too. But I knew it was like, no, for this, I, I can't do it for this. I need to survive. I'm not a 18 year old looking for opportunities. I've built a reputation for myself and I want, and it's as great an opportunity is it, I can't have it at this space. And, and they said, they understand right now they can't do more, but Let's see what we can do to bring you on. So they're bringing me on part-time uh, to, to help develop, develop this foundation uh, because they know full-time is much worth much more. And they said, once we build it a bit more, maybe, maybe it will grow. Maybe in a year I'll be getting the salary I deserve and I, 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 that I've worked for for many years. But they're also giving you the freedom, which I, I really appreciate, to, to create something. So other opportunities will come. I'll be able to do other things. And get out of the, the one, one space I've been in for a while. And so, yeah, I was able to negotiate and get, and get a positive version of a negotiation. Because sometimes they're like, well, sorry, no, thank you. We'll go with the next person. But yeah. But this time, that wasn't the case. Yeah. All right. So my last question for you is, what does your career look like in your head from here on out? What is the vision you have for your life now that you're taking these big steps to shift it in the way that you have? My goal right now is to be a C-list celebrity, a B or a C-list celebrity. <laughs> so I've decided I'm, it's time, it's my time and my rocket ship is about to take off. That's what I've decided. Okay. That is, that's where I go. I don't know what that means. I don't know if maybe I'll be at this fund for a long time. Maybe I won't be at this fund for a long time. But I have the opportunity now to make my name for myself. And, and everybody will know Tamisha Idol. You know, that's, that's where I'm going to go. I don't know what that means. I don't know if you'll see me on social media more. I don't know. But it is really, I think, it's, I think this is my new phase. I'm in a new phase. And I'm, I'm ready to, to take some risks. Uh, take chances, make mistakes, and get messy. Yes, I watch Magic School Bus a lot. <laughs> um, but I'm ready. I, I think my career for the next five years, I'm going to say, because uh, I can't predict after that, is going to be me leading, me pushing, me be doing something different and being uncomfortable for a bit. And I'm ready to be uncomfortable and be okay with that. All right. The world is your stage. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tamisha. And if like you, you're in a situation, if like Tamisha, sorry, you're in a situation where 
you feel that you're not in the right career that fits who you really are, the good news is that we all have the power to change our lives. We just have to make the decision and take actions that are aligned with who we really are and what really brings us joy. So thank you so much for joining us today at Soul Career. And if you're interested in learning more about the course, just visit our website at soulcareer.com.